Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches, this is the most talked about radio show in Bay County, the Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, good morning. It's Tuesday, September 28th. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I think it might be the last show of the week, actually. I was kind of hoping maybe possibly be able to still do the show on Thursday because uh, tomorrow I got to go for my Sydney the Kidney annual checkup. So I'll be out of town for that. But there's still hopes. There's still hopes that it might happen. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Who knows? If not, we'll be back on Monday. Either way, thanks so much for uh, waking up with us and starting off your day today. A lot to talk about, including a special kind of stupid... <laughs> oh, I, I I saw this story and, and I just, I had nothing. I really had nothing. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit. Also, uh, we're going to be joined again later on this morning by our gold star dad that we had on last week to get a little update about the rally that's going on and the uh, the tour that they're doing heading to Washington uh, to make a little bit of noise that should be made. We'll talk with him uh, coming up later this morning and get a follow up. Also. Uh, Panama City Beach Mayor Mark Sheldon, along with, we're getting a double dose of this, along with the uh, the Panama City uh, Manager, Drew Whitman, both going to be joining us on the show later on this morning. we got a lot to talk about with that. Of course, we've got to talk about the uh, the drainage pipe that everybody is, uh, is talking about. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up uh, later this morning uh, with the, the two top guys at the city. Uh, plus, we'll get some updates about how the summer went and uh, a bunch more. So we'll be looking for that uh, coming up at uh, during the 7 o'clock hour. In the meantime, uh, the government shut down. I know, it, it almost sounds like, that's like the biggest case of deja vu. Whenever you hear the word government shutdown. How many times a year do we go through this? I mean, e- either... Time is flying by really fast, or I think we hear about this like four or five times a year. We're shutting down the government. If we don't pass this bill, the government's shutting down. We're going to shut down the government. Oh, the government's shutting down. Going to shut down the government. Shut it down. Seriously, shut it down. But you know what also needs to happen when we do these shutdowns is that the, uh, the Congress should not be paid. How about that? And of course, that's been brought up many, many times. Uh, when's the last time you've seen anybody actually talk about that? Like other than you and I, I would love to see a congressman or a congresswoman senators actually speak up and say, Hey, um, if we're going to shut the government down, we shouldn't be paid until we open things back up. And of course it's just so stupid. Uh, when, when you look at the, uh, the things that are in there, uh, I mean, the items in there. They include so many climate change stuff with planting trees and, uh, you know, electric cars and all this. Why? The only thing that the spending budget should have is pay our military, uh, 
pay our government workers and take care of the buildings, uh, take care of uh, the vehicles and the maintenance, that type of stuff that needs to be done. Um, let's see, what else should we do? Uh, you know, obviously we got to take care of the military stuff in addition to paying them. So, you know, the military investments, uh, the investments in, uh, you know, just upkeep of the, of the nation as a whole, uh, but no, instead we, we throw in, uh, climate initiative grants, electric vehicle charging, uh, equity program. And I swear to God, if the Democrats don't stop using that damn word, I'm going to start slapping them. So sick of hearing the word equity and e everything's got to be equal. Shut up. But you look at all the dumb stuff that's in the budget. Shut the government down. Leave the damn thing closed. Seriously. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. Like every year. I, I don't remember a year. I honestly do not remember a year that we have not heard. Oh my God, the government's going to shut down if we don't pass this bill. And of course, you would think because most people, especially businesses, you know, businesses don't go, all right, well, you know, the end of this month is the end of the business year for us. And we've got to have our budget by, uh, uh, by the, the first day of the next month, or, the, or otherwise we're going to, we're just going to have to shut the business down. Ah, you know what? Uh, I really want to get this done right now, but, um, I, I'm going to wait a little bit. Hey, uh, you know that the, um, the, the end of the business year is coming up on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know, we'll get to it. Uh, it's Thursday now. Hey, um, I just want to let you know, two more days and the end of the business uh, year is around. Ah, don't worry about it. Friday night comes around and you're like, oh, well, I guess we should probably do some work on this. Oh, oh, we didn't get it done in time. So I guess we're going to have to shut the business down for a little while. But yet that's the way government works. Who the hell? I mean, come on. You know, you know that this is coming up. Stop waiting to the very last minute. And, and that's exactly what they do all the We got to wait to the last minute. We got to fight to the end. We got to make sure that we get ours. Better yet, why don't you actually go through the budget and be responsible? Just one time. Can we do that? Seriously, just one time be responsible and look at it and say, okay, as far as the budget goes, what is it that we, the federal government, are responsible for? What are we responsible for? Okay, we're responsible for A, B, C, and D. Okay, um, anything other than that, we'll put that in separate bills for spending. Uh, but right now, we have to work on A, B, and C, A, B, C, and D because those are the things uh, that are government-related. And those are the things that fall into our purview as the federal government. All right, let's get that done. Okay, great. Now the government can operate. Now we can pay the Secret Service. Now we can pay the border agents. I know how much they don't want to do that. Now we can uh, make sure that the post office is open. Now we can make sure that the, uh, the Smithsonian can still operate and all that other stuff. Make sure that our military is going good. Make sure that we're buying... Uh, the fleets that we need to make sure all that stuff is done. Okay. That is done. Business going on. Government is open. Everybody happy. Now let's talk about climate change. Let's see what we can pass for climate change bills. Now. Okay. Now let's see. We have to do infrastructure. That means roads, bridges, um, you know, the electrical grid. And I'll throw in the internet on that one just because, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the structure now. And then pass that. I mean, th to me, is does this seem such a, a foreign concept? Is it such a difficult thing to, to grasp? Because I, I thought that that was kind of a simple thing. But the government, they can't do that. Instead, they got to roll all of this crap into one thing. And if everybody doesn't get their little thing, then, oh, my God, it's the, it's the threat of shutting down the government. You know what? This morning I woke up and 
my cats came into my bedroom, gave me the good morning, come feed me. Happened yesterday, happened the day before, happened the day before that. Um, I, uh, I got up, turned the light on in the bathroom, got my stuff ready, took a shower, it was a hot shower, finished that up, went out to the kitchen, made my cup of coffee, had a little breakfast, got into my car, stopped at a gas station, got gas, drove all the way to work here at the studio doing my thing. After that, I've got my day going on. Nothing has changed in my life. And yet the government's going to shut down. You can see how much that affects the people. It doesn't. I mean, sure, there may be an office that not, might not be open and that would be a little inconvenient for a little while because you needed to get something done. Okay, I get that. But life goes on for the rest of us. And, and it's so funny to watch uh, the, the bickering back and forth. Well, it's the Republicans' fault. Uh, the, the, they, hey, hey, time out for a second there, Chucky. If it's the government, if, if it's the Republican Party's fault, I, I just want to, I just, I got to double, hang on, let me, let me, let me look this up. Okay. Um, in charge of the House. Uh, oh, that's the Democrats. Uh, in charge of the Senate. Oh, oh, that's also the Democrats. Uh, the, uh, the president of the United States. Oh, look at that. That's also a Democrat. Oh, I'm telling you, those Republicans, man. They, they just, they screw everything up. And it's because of the Republicans that the Democrats who were in charge of all three branches of the government couldn't get something done. It's nothing but a wine fest, bitch fest, blame fest. It's all it is in Washington, D.C. These people are so stupid. It is amazing. It's amazing that they can actually wake up in the morning and function as human beings. And I'm saying human beings because you and I, we get up and we function as adults. These people, not so much. And squad member, uh, uh, Pramila Chappelle or Chapal or what, I don't even really care how you pronounce her name. I really don't because this is one of the ones that is dragging down the IQ points of the squad. Because every time that this woman opens her mouth, it there's a whole new level of stupid that comes rolling out of it. And she ended up tweeting that this is a $0 bill because it's all going to be paid with taxes on the wealthiest corporations and the wealthiest individuals, which makes it more popular than it ever was before. Referring to the $3.5 trillion spending package. So squad member, whatever the heck her name is, J-Pal, J-Pal, or what, I don't care. She thinks that the $3.5 trillion is only going to be paid for by the rich. You and I, this isn't going to affect us at, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think this was like my, my 515 cough. It happens. Um, so she doesn't think that you and I, the taxpayers, are going to pay this at all. Instead, it's going to come for the wealthy. The wealthy and the businesses are going to fork over $3.5 trillion to pay for all this crap that the Democrats have thrown into the spending budget. And Jake Tapper on CNN had asked her, do you think it's possible that the price tag will come down? I've heard the number 2 trillion floating around. Is that possible uh, for an endpoint? And of course, uh, Representative uh, Ditsy Face over here says, I, as I said to the president, and as I heard him say, this is a $0 bill. 
because it's all going to be paid for with taxes on the wealthiest corporations and the wealthiest individuals, which makes it more popular than ever, whatever it was before. And it's already very popular, but ultimately, I think it depends on what we put in there. We put our proposal out. It costs $3.5 trillion when you add everything up. But if someone wants to take something out, we need to hear what it is. And I don't know what that alternative proposal is. First off, there is a lot of stuff that can come out of that thing. A lot. And second, there is no such thing as a $0 bill. First off, there is not enough wealth in America to pay for all of this stuff and then the wealthy to continue. That and something that these people in Washington have just zero, zero comprehension on is who pays for the taxes that a business pays for? Because the reality is, and I know that, uh, you know, some people would be like, that's right. But it's, it's, <sighs> Businesses don't really truly pay taxes. I mean, they pay taxes, but it's not one of those, oh God, we're going to have to pay some extra money for taxes. No, that's not how it goes. We're going to sell a product or a service. And this is what it's going to cost for us to do the service. And in that cost is also what is going to be for us to be taxed on the profit for that service. So it's not the businesses. It's not the wealthy that are going to be paying that tax. It's you and I. It's the middle class. It's the lower class that's going to be paying for it because we are the vast majority who use the services of these businesses. And the wealthy, they're going to tighten up their bottom, bottom line and their belt. They're going to reinvest money so that they don't have to pay the taxes on it. Or they're going to put the money in certain things so they don't have to. Or some of them will say, screw this, I'm out of here. And they'll move to some place where they don't have to deal with this. It's not the government and the wealthy that's going to pay for it. It's you and I. Raise the taxes on McDonald's. Okay. Well, that $3 cheeseburger is now $5. You know, I got to go get an oil change. Well, you know what? That $35 oil change is now going to be $45 because the rich have got to pay their fair share. And it's not coming from them. It's coming from us. But you've got so many of these nitwits in Washington that don't get it. They just absolutely don't get it. They think, oh, it's a zero dollar bill. Don't worry about it. We can keep spending and spending and spending because the only people that are paying for it is the rich and the wealthy. And then the nitwits of this country go, oh, that's great. The rich are going to finally pay their fair share. And of course, the rich already pay their fair share and beyond. Sure, there's tax loops. There's areas where people don't have to pay taxes. Well, Donald Trump doesn't pay taxes. Yes, he does. Shut up. But it's just, it, it amazes me listening to Washington, D.C. when they start talking about this stuff. And the government's shut down. Who cares? Nobody is going to notice when the government shuts down. As a matter of fact, most of Americans have now tuned out the words government Shut down because we don't care. We're all for it. Shut it down. You're worthless anyhow. Let the states do their thing. I'm telling you, we got to trim down the size of our federal government. Something fierce. Something fierce. But Barack Obama now chiming in on this as well. And he's, uh, he said on Monday in an interview on ABC News with Robin Roberts, 
that uh, actually uh, is going to air this morning on Good Morning America, that it was unsustainable for people to pretend it was hardship for the wealthiest Americans to pay more taxes. Obama said that I think the Build Back America program, the package is something that America desperately needs. You're talking about us stepping up and spending more on providing childcare tax credits, making those permanent help to permanent to help families who have for a long time have needed help when it comes to things like childcare. And you know what? I agree. That's a great thing. And that's something that should be in there. 100%. Yes. But he goes, you're looking at making our infrastructure function more efficiently and effectively. Yes. Great. Roads, bridges, the electrical grid, the internet, that is infrastructure. And he says, you're talking about uh, rebuilding a lot of buildings, roads, bridges, ports. Yes, I agree. Uh, And he says, so that they are fortified against climate change. That's where you lost me. That's where you start losing me. And he says also that we're starting to invest in the kinds of energy efficiency that's going to be required to battle climate change. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. He continued that it's got a headline price tag, $3.5 trillion, but that's not a single year. And we know every time that that happens, you know, that the budget really, truly, it's spread out 10, 15, 20 years. But when you do, this is the other thing that they, they lie to you about when they tell you this. Oh, this, this is going to be, this is going to be 10 years, 20 years of spending this money. Okay, great. Well, next year, we're going to add another two, three children, trillion dollars that's also going to be over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Oh, and what happens the year after that? We had another $2 trillion that's going to be over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And that adds up. It's not like it comes down within a year. These people, I swear to God. Uh, But Obama continued going, saying that uh, I think that they can afford it. We can afford it. I put myself in this category now. And I think anybody who pretends that it's hardship for billionaires to pay a little bit more in taxes so that a single mom gets childcare support or so that we can make sure that our communities aren't uh, inundated with wildfires and floods and that we're going to do something about climate change for the next generation, you know, that's an argument that is unsustainable. No, actually, it's an argument that is very sustainable. Because, yes, you can give child care tax credit. And I think it should be because child care is stupid expensive right now. And if you're a single parent, forget it. You're, you're just, you're, no, there's no money for you. And I know people that are, that are parents that both work hard, both have full-time jobs, and they barely can make it with childcare and everything else. So yeah, there's some things that we need to throw in there to make sure that it happens to help out. But it's not going to be the millionaires, the billionaires, the trillionaires and everything else that's going to pay for it all. It's still going to be us. But if the government for one time, just one time, and I know it's not asking for too much, but if they could only stop wasting money on things that they don't need to be spending the money on, then maybe we wouldn't need to spend trillions of dollars on things. If we stop spending millions of dollars to find out why a frog likes to hump on one side versus the other, who cares? Let the frog do its thing. 
I mean, this is the type of stupid stuff that we waste our money on. All these grants that are out there for people to go off and do things. And you're like, why? What? How is that productive to society? Oh, let's go off and, and do free education. Let's wipe out all those. Okay, great. So who's going to pay for the teachers? Who's going to pay for the janitors and these colleges? Who's going to pay for the maintenance people of the colleges? Who's going to pay for the, uh, the maintenance of the buildings, turn the electricity on? Oh, don't worry about it. The rich are going to pay for that. No, they're not. They're not going to pay for that. And the Democrats and Republicans need to get off of that hole while the wealthy will pay for it. The wealthy's not going to pay for it. It's a myth. Okay, now that I'm all worked up, let's take a quick little break. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Triggering the crazy left is his specialty. The Brian Rush Show, a news talk at 101, is back. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Good morning. So, did you see the story about Shaquille O'Neal saying that he no longer wants to be considered a celebrity? And he basically said it because he thinks celebrities are going freaking crazy. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, I don't think I would want to be considered a celebrity either if I was in his shoes. Uh, because when you look at the celebrities just over the past four years, and I think this is Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> this is something that I can actually really, truly, honestly blame uh, partially on Donald's fault, uh, Donald Trump. It's all his fault. That Hollywood and the celebrities, uh, they've been so exposed to their fakeness and everything else that they really truly have kind of lost their minds. I mean, you look at some of the people that just because Donald Trump became president, and you know, they're, they're some of the same people, by the way, that used to hang out with Donald Trump at the, at the parties and would be invited to all of his things and everything else. And, and they, they lost their minds. They absolutely lost their ever-loving minds. And, and again, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, that the uh, liberalism, progressivism, it really truly is some sort of a mental disease. And you look at how many people are on the progressive liberal side in Hollywood. Shaquille O'Neal's right, man. I don't blame you. How about if we call you a Leo? And I'm not talking about the horoscope Leo. Because that's a lot more honorable than being called a celebrity. Go for you, Shaquille. Hang on, we got to take a break for Fox News. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, we'll be right back. This is The Brian Russ Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Good morning, America. Let's see if we can offend some liberals. The Brian Russ Morning Show is on News Talk at 101. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Shaping up to be a nice day again. I'm loving this uh, Florida panhandle fall weather. Where have you been? However, yesterday was a little bit warmer than I really wanted it to be, but I'm okay with it. I really am. CNN. Oh, I love these guys. CNN. You know, I finally realized uh, and found out why it is 
that uh, Tucker Carlson ends up calling uh, Don Lemon Don Lemon. <laughs> and uh, he told the story the other day on uh, Gutfeld when he was on. And it, basically the story was there because uh, they were all at dinner. And this was at a time when, when Tucker still worked over at CNN. And they were at dinner and, uh, and Don Lemon, he had ordered something and completely pronounced it wrong. And I forgot what it was that he ordered. It was something simple. And uh, Don got corrected on what it was and how to say it. And he looked at the waiter and everybody and he said it again. Like, no, that is how you say it. It was something simple like, you know, croissant or something. I mean, it was, it was really dumb. But because of that, that is the reason for why Tucker Carlson calls him Don Lemon. <laughs> uh, that is just fun to pick on him. I wonder how much longer he's actually going to be there, to be perfectly honest with you. Because a lot of people over at MSNBC right now are, uh, are, are starting to, uh, to get a little worried about what's going on under the direction of the new, uh, the new boss, Rashida Jones. And CNN people, they should also be probably thinking about uh, their future, considering the fact that their ratings have been so horrible that I'm sorry, there's only so long you can go before the company goes, uh, uh, this isn't working out. I mean, nobody's watching them. But Don Lemon, Don Lemon, it's Don Lemon, not whatever, Lemon Head. On his show yesterday, uh, during his uh, infamous handoffs that he does with Chris Cuomo, he said that supporters of former President Donald Trump were not in reality, and they should face consequences for the damage they are doing to our democracy by believing Trump won in 2020. Oh, God, this guy. I mean, look, regardless to whether or not, uh, I mean, because to this day, there are still people, Don Lamont, who think that Hillary Clinton won and not Donald Trump. Move on. And look, whether or not you believe Donald Trump did or didn't win should not mean that you have to live under consequences for it. Don Levin said that there's one political party in this country that is working on reality, and that is the Democrat Party. <laughs> if that is reality that the Democrat Party is working on, holy crap, I don't even want to think about the non-reality because that's got to be a scary place. But he said, but not even in that, they're not governing very well at the moment. They're not performing the duty of being good politicians in the moment. They don't see the urgency of what is happening across the country with voting rights. The urgency of what is happening with the big lie. You know, the big lie that uh, is being proven to be, ooh, that may be not quite as lying as we thought it was. Especially when you look at Arizona. But as he continues on, uh, saying that uh, they are still operating on the thinking that, oh, everything is normal. You know, we got to play politics as usual. It's not politics as usual. What is happening off the right is not politics as usual. What's happening on the right is not right. It's wrong. They, uh, they should pay the consequences for what they're doing to our democracy, the damage they are doing to our democracy, and the damage they are doing to this republic. Now, at least he knows that we're a republic. He continued on saying that we listen to the fringes too much. The fringes have the loudest voices. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, cancel culture. But he says that uh, the people who are not, you know, playing with the reality, the Trumpers, we listen to them too much. 
Are you really listening? That's a good question, though. Are you really listening, Don Lemon? He added on saying, I'm telling you, if the, if you're Republican and you care about what is ha- going on in this country, you need to get on the Democrat side uh, to get your party in order. That's the only way to fix it. <laughs> Don Lemon, you are such a smart man. Don Lemon. Hey, all you Trumpers, you need to live with reality like the Democrat Party. <laughs> if the Democrat Party is living in reality, this is a scary reality. And when you look at everything that the Democrats have done, all the fighting that they have done over the past four years alone, all the things that they have done in the past eight months, all of the things that they are trying to do with your voting rights, I know, I know, they're trying to actually protect their... No, they're not. Everything that they are doing, they are trying to make it so that it's one central government located in Washington, D.C., and it don't matter what you and the states want uh, you know, if you just happen to be somebody that's on the other political ideology, you know, it's over for you because we are the government and you're going to listen to us. That's what they want. Everything that they have done, everything that they fight for is what they're trying to do. And that is what's changing America and changing America in a very dangerous kind of way. And Jake Tapper from CNN also chimed in, chiming in on this whole Trumper thing. And he said uh, yesterday on his, on his show, The Lead, it's more like The Follow, that Republican silence regarding former President Donald Trump's lies about the 2020 election results were allowing him to subvert democracy. And again, it's going to get to a point where, especially with Arizona right now, I mean, with Arizona, And this is just one state, but it's a colossal mess. When you look at Arizona, even a Democrat that is going to be honest about anything and everything should be saying, all right, well, you know what? Okay, it really does look like Donald Trump could have possibly really won Arizona and not Joe Biden. And that is a reality. You look at what is going on with the, the audit and the fact that the Maricopa County uh, really fought this to the death and would not reveal information and would not provide stuff. And I mean, the, the audit was a fight, a fight that shouldn't have been because it should have been transparent, but it wasn't. And then you look at Fulton County in Georgia, you know, another Democrat held area, not cooperating with things. And that's where all the problems were. But don't worry about it because it's not the Democrats. It is the lack of reality that the Donald Trump supporters are living in. Uh, You know, still believing in the big lie that is turning out to possibly not have been a lie. Heck, even Russell Brand. Russell Brand on his podcast came out and said, ooh, hey, you know what? Trump was right all along about the Russia collusion thing. And look, I look at it this way. When it comes to, and I would love to ask, ask this question to Donald Trump. Because I don't think anybody's actually asked it. Because everybody gives him the hard time about the big lie. But what I would love to ask Donald Trump is this. Very simple. Going into election night, did you guys have data? And I'm sure they did. This this is kind of a, a mute question, but I would like to ask it. Did you have the data that showed uh, this is what uh, the voting is starting to turn out. This is the polling. This is the information. This is this is what we're getting for info. And what was it? 
Because when you look at um, all of the rallies, the number of people that showed up for, Joe, for, uh, for, for Donald Trump versus who showed up for Joe Biden, uh, when you drive through America, even in Democrat-controlled areas, you drive through, how many signs of support did you see for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump? How many people were really truly out there going, oh, we got to have Joe Biden? How many people were excited about that? I mean, just on the surface alone, it looked like there was a lot more support for Donald Trump than there was for Joe Biden. And then when you take the situations like Arizona, there's a perfect example uh, where, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots that were not valid, that people that were voting that didn't live there, people that were voting two, three, four times. And you look at all of that stuff. It has to make you stop and think. I mean, even if this was the other way around and, and you were a big Joe Biden supporter and President Trump was winning and you stop and you go, okay, wait a second. There's, there's X number of voters in Maricopa County, but there's Y number of votes that are coming back in from mailing. And there was X that was sent out. Why, why are we getting, how, what, wait a second, time out. There's a problem. And then you look at situations like Georgia. Oh my God, we had to stop counting because the, uh, a pipe burst and it's flooding everywhere. Really, where's the... You would think that that right there... Oh, hey, Mr. Cameraman, come on here. You got to see this. You got to see... This is a horrible moment. Oh my God, the, 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 the room is flooding and all these ballots are getting wet and ruined. Quick, quick, get a video. Somebody, hey, I got my phone in my pocket. Let me take a video. Where's the video? If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Where's the video? Where's the pictures? And then later on, as things start getting investigated, we find out that it was like, it was a, a, a running toilet or a running sink or so. So it was like, I mean, you could spill a cup of water and spill more water than what was actually spilled. So again, that should ask you the question, what? Regardless of whether uh, it's your candidate or not that is winning or losing, that should be things that make you go, wait, wait a second. And then you see other places like Pennsylvania. And we're talking about the areas where there was really big problems. And, you know, there's areas where Donald Trump won and you expected him to win. There's areas that, that Biden wanted that you expected him to win. But there's so many things, especially today, today, that you have to look at the situation with reality that maybe something was wrong. And maybe there is a possibility that Joe Biden really didn't truly win. That's something that if you're living in reality, like the Democrats allegedly are and the Donald Trump supporters are not, you would be stopping and saying, something's not right here. Something, ooh, maybe we didn't win. I mean, nobody wants to lose. And, you know, Donald Trump came out and he said, hey, 
something, something's funky here. This isn't right. And you know what? There's a good possibility, and I've said this from, from day one. Joe Biden may have legitimately won. Did he win with 81 million votes? Oh, God, no. I, I cannot believe that for a second that he won with that much. Now, did he maybe win by a couple of million? Sure. I can give him that. But there's so much in the reality, you know, the reality that the Democrats are supposedly living in and the rest of us aren't, that people like Jake Tapper and like Don Lemon, uh, they will not pay attention to and they won't admit. So what's going to happen when more information comes out? What's going to happen when an investigation is completed in, um, in Georgia and all of a sudden they realize, holy crap, we had the same problem uh, there was a lot more mail-in ballots that came in that, that were supposed to. Oh my God, there's this problem, this problem. Ooh, Donald Trump actually won Georgia. Oh my God, look at it. Uh, Pennsylvania. Ooh, we did some investigations on this and uh, Donald Trump actually sneaked by on that one. There may be a point where these guys are going to have to stop and go, oh God. But instead they keep digging the hole. I mean, all the signs are pointing this way. There's neon signs and showgirls with, with spinning signs and all kinds of stuff that is saying, hey, um, we're going down this road. Look what's down at the end here. But they dig the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. So what's going to happen when all of a sudden they realize, oh, crap, we were wrong all along. They're going to dig themselves so deep in the hole they can't get out of it, which might be a good thing because then it'll be a call for a whole new round of, uh, of news people and get them out of there. Because there's so many lies about it and, and so sticking to what is possibly not the truth. And of course, now there's a report that the Democrats, quote unquote, infrastructure bill. It's now hoping to transform America, both social and the economic landscape. And it's the Republicans, by the way, that are out destroying the democracy and destroying our republic. Meanwhile, the multi-trillion dollar price tag that the Democrats are calling on uh, regular and human infrastructure bills uh, that are all in the headlines, there's reports that are coming out that say, um, this might actually change not only the, the economic landscape of the U.S., but the social landscape. I mean, there's so many things that they're putting into this that are not going to just simply put in new roads. But they want to do things that is going to change society in America. Wouldn't that be considered destroying America's democracy? Destroying the republic? As the Democrats continue to push for things like the, uh, the what is the thing called? I should know, the, the, uh, the For the People Act. And they're trying to push that in any form that they possibly can. And the bottom line behind that act is so that... Uh, we, the politicians, can tell you, the <clears throat> voters, what it is that you need. And we can control it for you. Jeez, where have we heard this story before? Hmm. There's, there's got to be a few examples in society and history uh, where that has been attempted and has failed. I, it, it'll hit me at some point. I know that will. But who is it that is really, truly not living in reality? Who is it that is actually out to destroy America? I can tell you this much. It's not the crazy Donald Trump supporters. But will we ever hear that 
from the left. No. They're so hung up on, on Donald Trump. It's ridiculous. Hang on. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Coming up later on on the show, Panama City Beach Mayor uh, Mark Sheldon, along with the uh, the city manager, Drew Whitman, both going to be joining us on the show. It'll be a double dose from the top two guys of the city. We're going to chat with them about the... Um, uh, about the uh, the the <laughs> the uh, the pipe, the drainage pipe. Uh, my brain's slowing down here, uh, and so much more. Hang on, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Get into the sunset. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch, and doing it with a smile. The Brian Rust Morning Show is on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning. So, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, you know, last year, earlier, was it earlier this year? I've lost track of what it was. I think it was earlier this year. Uh, maybe it was last year. When he put his foot down about uh, social media giants and the fact that, uh, hey, we're not going to put up with you blocking people. We're not going to put up with you uh, banning people for political beliefs and everything else. And he put a big foot down on that. It was a hard foot. Those little cowboy boots he's wearing all the time, it was smack. Well, he's put the foot down again. And this time he's asking for Florida Secretary of State Laurel Lee to start investigating Facebook for election interference, calling Facebook's alleged uh, actions an affront to the basic principles of our republic. And of course, this comes after a report that Facebook exempted certain elite users from its terms of service, including some high-profile politicians and incumbent government officials. Wait a second. Well, that's not being fair and equal, isn't it? You know, I mean, they're supposed to, you know, have equality to all users. I mean, they told us that. So that would mean that uh, high-profile politicians like Donald Trump uh, shouldn't be blocked, and he should be considered one of those elite users and exempt from the terms of service because, you know, he is a high-profile politician. And despite the fact that the company is claiming in public that the rules apply equally to all users, the uh, the journal, the Wall Street Journal, uh, reports that a set of privileged users, including journalists, politicians, and celebrities, are allowed to post rule-violating material pending Facebook employees' reviews that never come, while others are even whitelisted, immune from Facebook enforcement actions altogether. Jesus, I can't even post things half the time without it getting like, you know, flagged or something. I mean, how many times does that happen to you a day? I guess we're not elite. But the program is reportedly known as CrossCheck or XCheck. And according to the documents obtained by the Wall Street Journal, it includes at least 5.8 million users, including most government officials, but frequently not the challengers to their incumbent status. And of course, Ron DeSantis said it's no big secret to big tech censors how long enforcement, uh, how long enforcement their uh, their own rules inconsistently. Uh, but he said that if there's new report, if this new report is true, Facebook has violated Florida law to put its thumb on the scale of numerous state and local races, and that's why I'm directing Secretary Lee to use all legal means to uncover violations of Florida's election law. The thought of Facebook uh, clandestinely manipulating elections is an affront to the basic principles of our republic, and we the people have the right to choose our representatives whether whether or not Silicon Valley approves. Good for him. And of course, if you remember, 
the fee or the fine if you get caught, it's not pretty. It'll be interesting to see how many people uh, are being affected like that here in Florida. And of course, we have one of the highest profile politicians right here, a resident of Florida living in Florida that has been banned from Facebook, banned from Twitter, banned from Instagram. And it makes you wonder now, is that violating the law here in Florida? So good for Ron DeSantis for doing that because we need people, we need fighters to actually stand up against the big tech giants because if we don't, they're going to have their way and look, they're in on the Democrat scam. The Democrat scam of being able to take over this country, turn us into this socialist uh, controlled government. I mean, every time I think about what it is that the Democrats are doing, all I could think of is movies like The Hunger Games. You know? And so many other movies that we have watched. We have seen this movie. We all know how the movie ends. It ends with people living in poverty. It ends with people living under government rule. And then in the very end, you finally get the rebels who will finally stand up and say, mm, I don't think so. And then it gets ugly. I hope that we don't get to that point. And quite honestly, I would rather it get ugly before it gets to the point of living under government rule and living in the world of the Hunger Games. Things need to change. Hang on, we got to take a break for news coming up at the top of the hour. We'll be back with hour number two of the show. This is The Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Sometimes the only way to stop him from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry, he'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of The Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. WYOO Springfield. Serving Tyndall, Callaway, and Northwest Florida. This is News Talk at 101, Panama City's information station. Now, ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to hour number two of the show. Good morning. Thanks so much for starting off your day with us. Afghanistan seems to continue to be a problem. And, of course, uh, we got some polling information to uh, to show. That. I've even got graphs. That's unusual. I don't generally have graphs during the morning show. Not that it helped you any. Because you can't see them. Normally, I've got my bullet points. But I, I, I've got graphs. That's how important this is. New Pew Resort, uh, Research Poll is out now saying that five in nine Americans have no confidence whatsoever in Joe Biden with vetting the Afghan arrivals here into the U.S. That is more than half of America that's saying that they are not confident that Joe Biden administration's ability to vet tens of thousands of Afghans that are continuing to be brought into the U.S. for resettlement, according to this new survey. The latest Pew Research uh, survey shows that 55% of American adults, including 83% of Republicans and those who lean Republican, do not have confidence in the Biden administration to adequately vet the roughly 95,000 Afghans they are seeking to bring to the U.S. over the next 12 months for resettlement in 46 different states. 
And according to uh, the uh, the report, about 27% of Americans say they are not too confident in the federal government's vetting process of the Afghans. And another 28% said they are not confident at all. And in the vetting process, even among registered Democrats, voters who lean Democrat, more than three in 10 said they don't have the confidence in the vetting of the Afghans. And meanwhile, just 12% of Americans say they are very confident. I want to meet some of those 12%. I, I would love to meet them just to say, what? <laughs> just to see how they, they're, they're thinking. But the majority of Americans are lacking the confidence that the U.S. can actually do this. And this is a scary thing because when you start bringing 95,000 people in, then how do you vet these people? And, and it's not just a matter of vetting them to determine whether or not uh, are they members of the Taliban? Are they members of ISIS? Uh, do they have a, a, a history of uh, terrorism? Are you able to sit down with these people and get very simple conversations and find out if this person's messed up in the head, do we want them here? Are they going to be part of a, a productive part of our society? Oh, and more importantly, uh, do they have COVID? Do they have measles? Do they have any of these other diseases that we're worried about and concerned about? And of course, the, the widespread opposition to Biden's resettlement operation uh, is in contrast to the 18 Republican governors who have voiced their support for resettling in their states. The GOP governors supporting the Afghan resettlement, by the way, include South Carolina, Maryland, Massachusetts, Utah, Georgia, uh, Arkansas, Arizona, Iowa, Oklahoma, Vermont, Alabama, Idaho, Indiana, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Tennessee. And of course, our governor, not a big supporter of it, yet... It's already reported uh, that there's at least about a thousand that have been or will be resettled in where Tallahassee. I mean, if that's not a big old screw you, I don't know what it is. But there's a lot of concerns about this when it comes to uh, being able to vet these these people. Marsha Blackburn, uh, she said yesterday in Fox Business News, uh, the evening edit. She said that the evacuation of Afghan resulted in evacuating people who weren't vetted and trying to vet them on the back end when there's no way to do so is the disorder in Afghanistan. She says, while only 3% of the evacuees were vetted under the processes for special immigration visas, she said, you, you have people bringing in these men that are bringing in child brides, and we have heard of these assault cases, and we know that the indictment has been issued. And she's right. You know, the, we are bringing in people, um, unfortunately, 97% not vetted. And the questions are, uh, are they criminals? Are they somebody that can actually live under the rule of America? Do they have diseases? Are they, in fact, bringing a child bride in? Because as horrible as that is for us here in America, in Afghanistan, that's normal. You want yourself a 12-year-old wifey? Hang on, let me go get one for you. Just here, pick one out. Which one do you want? That's normal there. It's sick and creeps us out, yeah, but that's normal there. And when they come here, they have to understand, you can't be picking yourself an 11-year-old bride. Child brides, no good here. 
So there's a lot of concerns. And of course, there's also the health concern when it comes to, you know, are they vaccinated? I mean, we're so concerned about the 23% of Americans that have said, no, not going to do this. But it's okay because we can bring in, you know, 100,000 Afghans uh, and we can also let in a million plus immigrants over the border illegally. And we're not worried about whether or not uh, they're vaccinated. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But the other question too now is who's going to pay for the resettling and the subsidizing of the poor Afghans? The ones who have come in here or will be coming in here with no money, uh, potentially very little job skills to be able to participate in society. The question is, who's going to pay for them? And some of the blue states are mulling over plans to ask American taxpayers to subsidize the housing for the newly arrived Afghans. How about no? I've got my own damn mortgage to pay. I'm not paying somebody else's. But the administration said uh, as they struggle to afford the housing costs in, uh, in particular cities, uh, you know, the administration is hoping uh, to bring in 95,000 Afghans to the U.S. over the next 12 months. And already about 37,000 Afghans are in the U.S. and will soon need housing in about 46 states. You know what? So don't a lot of Americans. There's a lot of Americans that need housing. And hey, I'm sorry the things in your country went the... But we need to take care of Americans first. But they don't get it. They really don't. But in California, Gavin Newsom wants state taxpayers to foot the bill uh, for the issue of housing the Afghanistan. Requesting nearly $17 million to fund cash assistance for thousands of the Afghans who will be resettled in the state. Some of that funding would go towards providing housing for the Afghans. A similar approach is also being taken up in Massachusetts where uh, elected state Democrats are asking taxpayers to provide $12 million in funding. But who's really going to end up paying for all this? You know, it's all of us. It really is. And they don't care about regular Americans. And this, this is such a problem. You know, America, we are hands down the most generous nation on the planet. And we will help out people. But when do we stop and help ourselves first? And the Democrats don't get it. They, they don't care about Americans. They're more concerned about bringing in all these people so that they can get their votes and everything. But you know what? One of the things they've got to realize, you've got people like Elon Omar who came in as an immigrant and now is elected to Congress. And she is fighting to change America to be a country that it's not. You have areas in Michigan where a lot of Afghans have settled and a lot of, uh, of Muslims have settled and they have changed the government there. There are people who want to live under Sharia law. Sharia law is not legal in the U.S., by the way, but they want that. So the more people that you bring in here unvetted and just open the floodgates, Michael Savage said it. He said, with the damage that has been done already, we may not be able to back off from it. We may not be able to change it. And it's a scary thought that not only are we being invaded, essentially, by a foreign entity, a foreign culture, they may take over the place. 
And of course, the State Department right now says that there's still about 100 U.S. citizens and green card holders still stranded in Afghanistan. Has that number not gone down at all? Does anybody in the government? And again, this goes back to yesterday when I was saying that there is nobody that has any wits of themselves in, in the Biden administration. But is there anybody that can be honest with us about the number? Because I think we've been at 100 for about a month now. Are we not able to get these 100 people out? With all the flights that have been in and out of there, we can't get 100 people out? Why are they still stranded? And why is the number not changing? The amount of lies that we get from this administration is unbelievable. But an unnamed, of course it's unnamed, senior State Department official told reporters on Monday that we assess around 100 Americans and uh, the green card holders currently ready to go. And, that, uh, and that's the pool we're focusing on at the moment. Well, if they're, they're identified and ready to go, 100 people, that's a C-17. Tell the Taliban, we have 100 people that we're coming in to get. We are going to land a C-17 at the airport. And you're going to allow them to get on board that plane and we're going to leave. And if you have to show up with three or four C-17s with three of them filled with armed soldiers that say, back off, we're getting our 100 people and we're leaving. But of course, that actually takes some balls to do, which is something that the Biden administration clearly does not have. But now my question is, what's the number going to be like after the next round of evacuations out of there? Oh, we still got 100 people. Oh, we, oh, I think we got 200 people. I mean, you've got the State Department who can't give you an honest number or an accurate number. You've got the Homeland Security Secretary who can't tell you uh, how, how many people did we let into the country? Did we, okay, we had, we had this many, but how many did we let? Did we, I don't, uh, did, does somebody have the, I think um, with the number, and I just, oh, these are the people that are running our country and that we are relying on for our security. And they can't even tell you how many people they released into the country. Let alone how many are actually coming across the border. They give us the number. Yeah, we got uh, 49,000 people. All right, great. Uh, how many of them did you send back? Well, you see, we... Uh, we got this one thing. Uh, we, I, I think we had we had a couple people we put on, and then there was uh, how many was it? With the, I think there was. They can't give you an honest answer. And going back every administration, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. Going back everyone prior to Joe Biden, you would always get somebody like a Secretary of Homeland Security, Director of the FBI, uh, you know, a general. Somebody who, one, they come prepared with all of the potential questions that they're going to ask. They've got the numbers that they're going to be asked. And if they don't have them, how many times have you seen it where the guy goes, excuse me for one second, and then he turns around and looks at one of the suits behind him and they scramble through some papers and or somebody writes something down while they're talking and hands it to them. Yes, sirs, I, I've got the number right here. It is, uh, this is the information that you're looking for. When the Secretary of Homeland Security can't even show up to a congressional hearing prepared, and not only once, but every time that he's come in 
He's unprepared. He's not prepared when he goes for an interview. Do you think that the news reporter is is not going to, you know, be at least somewhat prepared and, and have some questions? And maybe you should have some of the questions. I mean, just think about it for a second. Okay. Uh, generally, when you set up an interview, it's not one of those, hey, can we talk to you? Uh, because it's always, yeah, but what do you want to talk about? That and when, when reporters set up these interviews, they say, hey, uh, look, Mr. Secretary, Mrs. Secretary, uh, we want to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. That way, these people are prepared for X, Y, and Z. Is there always going to be a spring in question? Of course there is. So I can't imagine that all of a sudden the media just went, ah, well, we won't, we won't prep them. We won't tell them, you know, hey, be prepared for X, Y, and Z. We'll just, we'll show up. We'll see what happens. It just shows how incompetent the leadership is in this country right now under the Democrats. In every department. I can't find a single department where somebody has been competent. It's a scary thought because we still have three more years of this. Three and a half years, really, before we change out government. Unless, by some miracle, we're able to do it a little bit sooner. And that's what concerns me. Hang on, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back just a second. Coming off the top of the hour, we do have Mayor Mark Sheldon, also Panama City Beach uh, City Manager Drew Whitman, going to be joining us. We're going to talk some stuff about Panama City Beach. That'll be coming up. Hang on, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. What you got? Triggering the crazy left is his specialty. The Brian Rush Show. News Talk at 101 is back. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. So we know the Democrats are pushing hard for the For the People Act or in any way that they possibly can. Surprised they didn't try and get it all into the uh, $3.5 trillion budget. But it is a goal that they have. And one of the big things that they want is to quote-unquote increase voter access. And they also want control. That's the other thing they want is control. And of course, one of the problems that we keep seeing when it comes to the quote-unquote increasing voter access is that they're also decreasing voter security, which we're seeing. Arizona, perfect example of that. We also have uh, Georgia and, and so many other places where there's voter security issues. Well, yesterday in California, Gavin Newsom had signed some legislation making universal vote by mail a permanent staple in California. And of course, they, uh, they changed up the rules a little bit during COVID uh, to make it a little easier to vote. But now, uh, California is celebrating its victory of increasing voter access. And of course, one of the things that's missing from that term is legal voter access. Gavin Newsom says, as states across our country continue to enact undemocratic voter suppression laws, BS... Get it? Oh, God, these guys. I just, oh, they give me such a headache. Um, California is increasing voter access, expanding voter options, and bolstering election integrity and transparency. Really? Are you really? Seriously? Newsom's claiming and bragging that the unprecedented steps taken last year, making universal mail-in voting a widespread reality uh, during the pandemic. And he says, today we're making those measures permanent after record-breaking participation in the 2020 presidential election. 
Yeah, record breaking. Can we talk about? Hang on a second here, Gavin. I got some. I got some notes we got to talk about when it comes to that. Uh, when we look at oh, Arizona, which happens to be right over there, kind of in your neighborhood. Um, hmm, let's see how many of these things. Oh, um. Uh, 23,000 or so votes that were done uh, with addresses that were wrong. So, yeah, that that that's about right. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. What are the other? Uh, I don't want to embarrass you too much there, Gavin. I'll hold off. But he says when voter, or Mark Berman, who is the author of the bill uh, and extended the most gratitude uh, to Newsom for signing the measure, he says when voters get a ballot in the mail, they vote. Mm. We saw this in the 2020 general election. Even if it's not their ballot, they'll still vote. Oh, he didn't say that part. I'm just helping him out with some of the facts on it. But in the middle of a global health pandemic, we had the highest voter turnout in California since Harry Truman was president. And as other states actively look for ways to make it harder for people to vote, you mean integrity and transparency and make sure that the people who vote are actually the ones that are supposed to vote? Oh, okay. I forgot. Uh, it, it's cheating. But uh, he goes on, uh, you know, parroting the false talking points of states pursuing stronger election integrity messages with the majority of voter support. And, and the thing is, is the vast majority of supporters, uh, vote supporters, are not really for what the Democrats want. They really kind of support what the Republicans want because they want their vote to count. And as we're seeing it, with report and report and report and audit after audit, that people's votes were singled out by people that were double voting, triple voting. Secretary of State of California, Dr. Shirley Weber, also celebrated Newsom's decision to sign the measure, touting the different way California voters can now return their ballot via mail or Dropbox voting center or polling station. But the question is, and it is not answered in a lot of this, is what is the security measures? What is there in place to make sure that when I vote, that my neighbor is not going to vote four times for the other guy and it cancels, not only does it cancel out my vote, it, it cancels my vote out three times over. And of course, despite the commonplace narrative touted by the Republicans, poll after poll shows Americans in support of the basic uh, election integrity measures, such as providing a valid form of identification. And the vast majority of Americans have also rejected racism in the, in the law. They're not saying that it's racist, including a lot of black Americans that are saying, hey, it's not racist for me to have an ID or not have an ID. Democrats are falling apart, man. We got to make sure that we keep that going down the hill like it is. But we have to stay on them. And if we don't stay on them, we are going to be in the world of trouble. Hang on. We got to take a break for Fox News coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Feeling a little thirsty? Nothing quenches it better than an ice-cold bottle of liberal tears from the Brian Rusho Bottled Water Company. Now, let's get those tears running on News Talk at 101. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Don't forget that you can uh, also listen to the show streaming live, uh, News Talk 101, uh, or you can also pick it up um, on the app. I'm sorry. I just I, I just completely brain farted. Have you ever had one of those moments you look at a wall and go, hey, <laughs> that's what just happened. Blank screen. Um, oh, yeah. You can also uh, podcast the show as well. It, usually it's about... 30 minutes or so after the show is over, uh, you can grab that. 233-9988. That is the phone number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's happening, man? Yesterday, we got cut off. We had some weird issues. That that particular phone line that you were calling on yesterday, it kept canceling people. I don't know what was up. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. A lot better than yesterday. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting up here wondering. I was talking to you, and all of a sudden, the message come on. And then it went off, and I could hear you. Yeah, and it was doing some weird me. stuff. I don't know what the heck was going yeah. on. Uh, I blame everything on wind shear. Uh, it was like either airplane. It was either Donald Trump's fault or COVID. It was one of those two. It's COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, probably got a COVID. Couple things for yeah. What you got, got? A couple things for you, and a question from Mayor Sheldon. Yeah. All right. You know, you had the train wreck up here in Montana. Yeah, that's a mess. Amtrak. Well, they kind of laid over, so I can tell you what they're going to find, probably. These spikes that hold, you know, when they lay track now, they lay it in huge sections. Yeah, Just not like they used to. Rail. Yeah, well, for that thing to lay over like that, that means the spikes failed. They either probably sheared off, and one side of the train just dropped down off the track and it just rolled over. That's what they're going to find. My opinion, of course. Right. All right, uh... Well, apparently today they're going to be looking at some video or something uh, to, to find yeah. out what's going on. Yeah, because they had a freight train go across it ahead of the Amtrak, yeah. and the freight train went across fine. Anyway, for Mayor Sheldon, mm-hmm. Mayor Sheldon, when you combine, this, like I said the other day, when you combine all this fresh water into one outfall, you're going to create low salinity in the uh, gulf out there. Now, that's going to create red tide. So how much has that been studied, or what's your answer to that? Because that doesn't, uh, treating the water in low water lake, okay, that's fine, but you're introducing a huge amount of fresh water at one point instead of along the beach like it is now where it's dispersed out. And I'm guessing y'all still got red tide because you were yeah, talking about last week. There's a little bit of it, um, not too much, but that's a, a, a very valid, legitimate question that I think that everybody yeah. should should want to know, and I'm sure that they'll have an answer for it. Um, I've got an entire yeah, yeah. info packet on uh, on the Outfall project, which has got a lot of data in it, um, and I'm sure uh-huh. there's there's more data that they can answer. So it's going to be great because you know Drew Whitman, obviously he's he's probably a little bit more on top of that than anybody else in the in the in the government in Panama City so. Beach. So Hope so. so hopefully we'll get that you answer. You know how big. Do you know how big that trench is probably going to be? Uh, you know what? Actually, width-wise, somewhere here, I actually have the actual number of, of how big it is. Okay. Um, well, but I'm not quite prepared I, to, to give that answer just yet because well, I don't remember. One of my oh, one of my hobbies for a great long time was underwater mining. You know, prospecting for gold. Yep. And the rule of thumb was: for every foot down, you go out three feet, so that the walls don't collapse on you when you're in the river or creek and you're using a suction dredge. So for every foot down, it's three foot out to keep the walls from collapsing. And I know they're going to probably put in some structures. 
but that's the rule of thumb. So that being said, what do you, th- I got uh, on uh, Project Veritas, their third part. Did you read that yesterday where kids, uh, I can't remember which company it was. I think it was Johnson & Johnson. I may not be saying that right, but getting a booster shot for kids is utterly ridiculous. I, I haven't. I haven't seen effects. the uh, the one from Project Veritas, but I have read several others that are kind of saying, "Eh, this is probably not necessary." Probably not necessary. Oh, for I go, got a prediction for you. All right, I like predictions. What I you think, got? I, I think between now and October twenty fifth, which I believe is twenty seven days. Anyway, October twenty fifth, there will be an event that is really going to shake this country up. I believe it. What did you say, November 25th? No, October. October 25th. 25th. Okay. October 25th. It's 27 days if I counted right. And I can't tell you what the event is, but I got a feeling that it's because there's something building and there's something real bad coming. Mm. I doesn't tell you much, but that's what I, I think is coming. And well, it's going to be a major event. Well, you never know because this world is so crazy that, uh, you know, anything is possible at this point, Earl. It really truly is. Hey, uh, well, before I let I, you go, I, though, I, I got to know about yes, breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast. What do we have? Breakfast. All right. We started off with toasted strawberry Pop-Tarts and coffee and cigar. Boy, that seems kind of basic for it, you, Earl. Pop-Tarts? Really? It is. Okay. Yeah, Pop-Tarts. I mean, Pop-tarts, I'm not complaining. Baby. I like Pop-Tarts, but that seems like a very basic thing for you. Well, I'm sitting out here by the campfire. I went up and I drove up in the hills this morning. So I could sit up there and watch the stars and study Orion, Orion's constellation. But uh, I'm also having potted meat sandwiches with onion slices on toast and coffee at the campfire. That's that's what I'm having for breakfast this morning, or had for breakfast, excuse me. I just finished off the Pop-Tart a little while ago. <laughs> well, that, you know what? That's, what, that's what, not all that bad, actually. It really isn't. Oh, well, what made me mad was when I took out the second Pop-Tart, I dropped half of it on the ground, and anyway, it, it uh, got thrown away. Well, you so, just dust it off and you're good. The <laughs> there you yeah, go. It it off. Yeah, but I didn't make the three-second rule. Now, now. But, yeah, it's elk season now. No, yeah. So, so there, there you go. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping a friend of mine will donate me a couple of elk steaks, or I'll buy them from him. There you go. Mm. All right, Earl. We'll we'll uh, we'll put those questions to ask, uh, and, and you know, actually, those are some of the questions I had anyhow. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with the mayor and the uh, and uh, the city manager coming up in just a little bit. Thanks, Earl. All right, remember buddy. something. Yes. Remember this. Yep. Don't put women in charge, even if you're wrong. Don't do it. Oh my God! I I, I can hear how many women just yelled at you for that one. But the other the other good news, Earl, is always remember wherever you are. There you go. There you go. No matter where you, no matter where you go, there you are. That's right. That too, Earl. Thanks so much for the call. All right. All right, bud. We'll chat with you later. You too. See you, bye. Uh, So coming up in just a little bit, we do have uh, Panama City Beach Mayor uh, Mark Sheldon along with uh, Panama City Beach um, City Manager. Uh, Drew Whitman is going to be joining us. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, and obviously the uh, the outfall project is one that a lot of people have some questions on. Um, there's been some misinformation out there. There's been some good information, some bad information. So we'll uh, we'll talk with the two of them about that coming up in just a little bit. In the meantime, 233-9988 is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. 
morning. Good morning, bud. How are you today? Uh, I want to throw something at you. General Marley or Marley, the one that's in charge of the military now? Yep. Well, I I read the uh, tribunal right out of the military uh, books about uh, conspiring with the enemy. Mm-hmm. If you're not guilty, the, the penalty for doing that is death. And when I wrote that on Facebook, they uh, kicked me off for seven days. <laughs> you're Clearly, you're not one of the elite uh, that are able to stay on Facebook no matter what then, you know? Yeah, you know, it, that's one of these things where, look, there's a reality to it. There's a law, there's a consequence, and, it, and if you break that, this is what the consequence is. And the last thing that America really wants to talk about is, hey, uh, we had somebody that committed treason or did something along this that the penalty for it is death. I mean, that that's not one of those normal conversations that we have, but you know what? Hey, a law is a law and a consequence is a consequence. Uh, and when it gets to that severe, I mean, sometimes you got to talk about things that are not exactly pleasant. And that's one of those things. But then again, you know, Facebook, they, they're they so in bed with, uh, with those on the left. It, it's unbelievable. I'm surprised I haven't been banned, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, this is my fifth time. So I just, they're going to probably come get me before it's over because I was talking about, uh, we went fishing and I was telling my buddy, we just killed them fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you start doing that. The environmentalist wing of Facebook is going to, they're going to knock on your door one day. They're going to be like, Facebook police, open up. We're here to talk to you. It's a matter of time. It's unreal. Well, and then the sad part is, is they don't want to talk about the hundreds of poor blacks being murdered in Chicago. So, no. You know. Besides, that's not their fault anyhow. That's all the white people in Indiana who refuse to pass stricter gun laws to protect the criminals in Chicago that cross the border, buy guns legally, and bring them back to a place that you're not supposed to have guns. Did I just make sense yeah. there? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, of course. You, the crazier you sound, the more sense you make in this world today. I know, right? I just, I don't know. Uh, well, have a blessed day. You as well, bud. Thanks so much. I do appreciate the call. Have a great day. Um, so the New York Times now is being forced to go, oops, and they're doing that regarding the Border Patrol uh, story with the horse whips when they were whipping the migrants out there. I'm still waiting for the president to apologize on this one because the president right now, he owes a major apology uh, for opening his trap and saying that those border agents, they're going to pay for what they did. Oh, what, what did they do? But the New York Times has now corrected the article from last week, which asserted that the horseback Border Patrol agents use their reins to strike at running migrants. The Times correction states that the original version of the article overstated what is known about the behavior of some Border Patrol agents on horseback. The Times White House correspondent Michael Shear uh, had wrote an article about the September 24th uh, event where he reported President Joe Biden's call for consequences. The Border Patrol uh, for the Border Patrol agents. In the original article, Shear had wrote that President Biden vowed Friday that the Border Patrol agents who mistreated Haitian migrants crossing the Rio Grande will pay after an investigation, calling the scene at the border horrible to see. In his first comments on the action by his administration uh, that had drawn severe condemnation about uh, from many of his own supporters. It's outrageous, he said. And I promise you, those people will pay. There will be an investigation 
underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Oh, there's pudding? I still, I, it blows my mind still that the president of the United States had come out and said to the, uh, the Border Patrol agents that there's going to be consequences of your actions and you're going to pay for it. By the way, American people, I have been patient with you and my patience is running thin. Jesus, we got a tyrant in our hands. We really do. This straight up, it is a tyrant on our hands and that is all there is to it. Fight me on that one. I mean, even, even some of the Democrats are starting to go, wait a second, hang on. Something's funky here. And what's really sad about it is that he probably doesn't realize half the time uh, that his true tyrant uh, thoughts that he has are leaking out of his brain. I mean, half the time he doesn't know where he is. But it's scary to think that this is the type of president that we have. But at least the New York Times is able to correct their story a little bit. There's a few other people in the media that needs to start correcting that. I mean, they're, they're covertly trying, starting to change that. And, and they do this all the time. And, and look, there's a word that you haven't heard in a while. BLM. Why? Because, oops, this isn't a good thing to talk about. And you see this with the media all the time. When they make a mistake, uh, except for CNN, CNN keeps digging that hole. But when the media makes a mistake, rather than like coming out and going, oops, oh, my bad, um, they will just, they'll change it a little bit where they change the narrative. So the narrative that we've been seeing a lot in the media when it comes to the whole Border Patrol thing has gone from Border Patrol agents whipping migrants and lassoing them, which is like the original headlines that came out. And then it's changed to, uh, they were whipping them to, uh, it was the horse reins that they were using to make cracking sounds in the air near the migrants to kind of, oh God, we're running out of words to change this. And then they'll just stop talking about it. Once they realize, oh crap, we were wrong. All right, next story. Americans short attention span. We're moving on. What, what border patrol? There, there was, there was Haitians that came to America. There's border agents. When did that happen? Let me look back in the archives. I don't see anything. But it's really time for our media to start becoming a little bit more honest. I'm sorry. Some things, you know, they suck to have to talk about, but they are what they are. You know, just like we don't really want to talk about the fact that, you know, we had a what essentially was a school riot here in, in Bay County. Uh, and I'm sure we've all heard about it yesterday, the incident that happened at Rutherford High School about 1.30 yesterday afternoon when a big fight had broke out. And of course, once, uh, once the deputies got there and there were five law enforcement agencies that, by the way, helped out with this. Uh, everything from the, the Bay County Sheriff, the Springfield uh, Police Department, and uh, a bunch of others that all came in to help out with this situation. And of course, uh, it got scary for a moment when a gun was found, or at least what they appeared to have been a gun. It ended up being a, uh, an airsoft gun. Uh, but still, I saw the pictures of it and if I didn't read that it was an airsoft gun, I would have thought it was a Glock. Because I looked at that and I was like, ooh. But that wasn't what it was. But you can see how dangerous of a situation that could be. And of course, uh, big props to all that were involved, uh, law enforcement and administrators-wise, uh, to break that up to make sure that uh, there was not uh, any serious harm that was done to anybody. 
Uh, and of course, there was uh, there was eight students that did get de- detained uh, through all of this. Uh, but the uh, the very quick response from Panama City, Parker, uh, Springfield, and the the sheriff, uh, you know, really shows another reason for why uh, we need our law enforcement. Uh, they did a fantastic job of getting in there and uh, protecting all the students, even the ones that were involved in it. So big props to them for that. Hang on. We got to take a break coming up here in just a second. And uh, after the top of the hour, we do have uh, Panama City Mayor Mark Sheldon along with City Manager uh, Drew Whitman. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of projects. We, we've got a little bit of a limited time, so we're going to chat with them as much as we possibly can. And, of course, if you do have a question... Do me a favor and shoot me a Facebook message <laughs> right there on my Facebook page. Sorry, it's that, that cough that's coming up. I'm fighting it, trying to get through this. But send me a message on Facebook, and uh, if we can, we will try and ask those questions for you as well. Hang on. we got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's the Brian Rush Show on News Talk at 101. Good morning. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Russ Show is on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. So in the state of Florida, we now have a law. It is uh, the Section 381.0031 Florida Statutes. Uh, Regarding um, the municipalities, government agencies cannot mandate an employee get vaccinated. And the Florida Department of Health uh, official now says that he's going to end up fining uh, Orange County uh, here in Florida uh, if they go through with mandating employees get vaccinated against the coronavirus. On September 24th, Orange uh, County Manager or Mayor uh, Jerry Demings said that he received a letter from Doug Woodleaf, a division manager at the Florida Department of Health, warning that the county that, uh, that fines would be forthcoming for mandating vaccines of county personnel. The letter says that the Demings mandated vaccinations in July and required employees to surrender proof of human res- proof to the human resources uh, uh, regarding the mandated vaccinations. And of course, this carries a $5,000 per individual fine. Oof. And uh, in part, the law says that a governmental entity may not require persons to provide a documentation certifying COVID-19 vaccination or post-infection recovery to gain access to entry upon or service from the governmental entries operations in this state. Mayor Demings said that at a press conference on Monday that a response would be forthcoming after attorneys review the letter. However, he said it would be more likely in the end a lawsuit. And he said that there's no doubt at some point we're going to end up litigating this Demings said, and I also would tell you that we're on firm legal grounds with this vaccine mandate that we have to put in place. And uh, Demings also described the laws cited as arbitrary. And Demings also said that corrective action for not getting the vaccine under the city's mandate would be capped at just a written uh, reprimand. Uh, that's going to be interesting to watch that one. We'll also see how many other uh, counties and cities or municipalities or whatever uh, also decides to to play this game as well. Hang on. We're going to be chatting with the mayor, Panama City Beach, and the city manager coming up here in just a little bit. It's the Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Sometimes the only way to stop him from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry. He'll probably pick right back up where he left off. 
More of The Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. W-Y-O-O, Springfield. Serving Lynn Haven, Mexico Beach, and Northwest Florida. This is News Talk at 101. Panama City's information. Now. Ladies and gentlemen. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch. And doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, good morning. Welcome back to the show. It's hour number three. We'll see how much trouble we can actually get these two in. Which probably shouldn't be too much for me. None for me. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Mayor Mark Sheldon joining us along with, first time on the show, Chief, uh, I, I wanted to say Chief Drew Whitman. Hey, thank and you it, for doing that because I do that at least once a day to him. He'll call or I'll call him and every time it's, oh, hey, Chief, Chief. But yeah. you know, I've just realized if you're a general, if you're a chief, that's just what you are. Yeah, we but, thank you. Yeah, that's great that's and it. all. But you know, the problem is, is I looked over at Drew to say that and his shirt, and his says, shirt city says city manager. Well, that's oh, on you. That's a little bit on I you. Swear. On the phone, it makes sense. Yeah, on the phone, totally makes sense. Especially, well, yeah. But the fact that I look over at him and it says it on his shirt, it's like a name tag that says, hey. And I still screwed up. <laughs> I'm surprised. I I'm know. Honest. Anyhow, uh, welcome you, I guess, to the show and everything. But Drew, this is a kind of a bigger moment because it's the first time on the show. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on here. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of questions uh, to be asked about the, the city. Um, you know, and I don't know if we want to go into this guy here, but, um, I told you the last time I was coming, you know, I'm going to take the day off from dropping the kids off from school. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come in here. I'm going to bring you a special guest. Yeah. Cause you get t- tired of talking to me essentially. So I mean, I no offense, Drew, but I was, I was kind of hoping she was going to be about this tall, you know, single, nice smile. Turns out the market for that with you seemed very slim. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll Drew instead. <laughs> I'll take it. That's okay. Hard to disappoint you. Yeah, it's all right. We'll we'll make up for it. So anyhow, Drew. Um, God, I don't even know where to start. I mean, obviously, we got to talk about uh, the the outfall project because that is uh, that has gotten a few people's feathers ruffled, and then people just have some general questions about it. But let's start first off. Um, this is one of the things a lot of people had had kind of went, huh? And even I did when I first heard it. Panama City Beach Police Chief Drew Whitman being considered for, and then all of a sudden gets the job for city manager. And I think a lot of people went, Drew Whitman, really? And and, and I I know that for me, I was like, it just came out of left field. I wasn't expecting it. And I know there's there's a few people that, you know, whatever on them, just kind of had this controversy, you know, good old boys and all this other stuff. But how is, has it been for you, you know, moving into that role um, you know, how's, how's the job going? Because uh, quite honestly, I, I talk with a lot of people and I'm not aside from a couple of crazies. Um, people seem to be pretty happy with things. How are you, uh, with the city? How are you feeling? I love the city. I mean, I became the chief of police about nine, 10 years ago. I've been with the city for over 30 years before that as the United States air force. And I've always believed in giving back to the community. I've always been a public servant. Police department's in a great position. I was already in the drop program. I just was in coming up on my first year of the drop great position to be in had great men and women at the police department and i had a chief that i was getting ready to promote one day anyways and this job come available and i wanted to get back to the city i did everything i wanted to do at the police department i missed the men and women but i love the city and i've always known that the police department was one spoke in a big wheel and i want to be part of the big wheel to try to fix what i could just trying to leave this a better place than i can find it 
Very good. I mean, that's that again. It was kind of a surprise for me. I know that, um, but. Oh, my, Since my, then. my family was shocked, too. Everybody was shocked. <laughs> I was. They thought right? I was crazy. They figured I could sit back for four years and enjoy the ride, but that's not who I am. I want to get out and get dirty. Well, even that aside, it's just kind of one of those things where, I mean, it was it literally was kind of an out of left field at the police chief. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that I actually like about the decision um, is the fact that you're not a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't take this one wrong. Not a college-educated city manager person where, like, you know, that's what you're going to school for. That's what you're going to be. That's your your life's mission. That's all you do. Uh, so to take that whole idea of going from a police chief to a city manager is kind of interesting to me. And I've been watching it ever since. Um, and, and I think you're doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, obviously, we've, we've had a, a couple issues maybe with previous person. But we'll, we'll move on. We're looking towards the future. You know, one of the things when I first heard about it from um, – City Manager Whitman, it excited me because I saw what happened at the police department and I saw mm -hmm. how he took something that wasn't, say, perfect at the time and made it perfect, implemented right. policies and procedures and actually got the team mentality going. We didn't need another tyrant at Panama City Beach. We needed somebody who was a good person who was just going to care about the community and care about the employees. Truly, mm -hmm. we have set 370 employees in Panama City Beach. It's a lot of people that you got to wrangle and manage and, and work with and, and lead. And that's yeah. what this team needed was a leader who cared about them. Right. And when you talk about uh, City Manager Whitman, that, that's who he is, right? You look at what mm -hmm. he did at the PD. Look at that. He said it was going well. It's a well-oiled machine because of what he did. Right. And hopefully that's what we can get with the city. And we're seeing that. We've seen a lot of changes already that are super positive. And uh, it's been a great thing for Panama City Beach. I, I, one of the things that I'm happiest about, it's made everybody else's thing so much smoother and things are going so much better because we have somebody who really cares about Panama City Beach. And not just that, understands Panama City Beach better than you and I ever will. Mm -hmm. You know, when you live on that police side, you've seen the, the things worst of the worst. Rest right? of us, yeah. yeah, you see people in their worst day. Right. Is what they always say. You know, <clears throat> that's that's how it goes. But now you've seen the whole beach. You know the ins and outs. You know the streets. You know the neighborhoods. You know the issues and challenges that we have out there. But at the same time, you know the beauty of it. You know the good. And you know how much success that the beach can have. So he can bring all that together as one. And when we sat down and interviewed about the job, it was one of the things he talked about the most was the passion for giving back to Panama City Beach was unheard of. And you could just feel it. It's mm -hmm. one of those things you listen to him today, this morning. You can, you can just feel when he says, yeah. I want to give back. Well, amazing. you know, it's like I said, it, it's an interesting perspective to go from a police chief to a city manager because of that reason. I mean, look at all the things that you've got, you know, with knowledge. I mean, you've seen the worst of the worst of Panama City Beach and you've seen the best of the best. You know, most city managers wouldn't. They'd probably see a report about, you know, something that happened on street XYZ or whatever and they don't see it. They don't see the you know, the, the, the tears that people have, the fear that people have, uh, the happiness that people have. So I, I think it's kind of a cool, cool thing. And I'm looking forward to see, you know, how you handle it going in the future. And, you know, let's, let's talk about how we've done so far. I mean, we've, we've gone an entire summer now. Um, how's the city, city looking? I think the city's looking great. We had an amazing summer. The last couple of years have been good. I mean, we got hit with Hurricane Michael that hurt all of Bay County. Then we got hit with COVID right off the top of that. But our city's doing great. I mean, if you go out there and look at our beaches, they're beautiful beaches. The men and women that are out there working 24 hours a day, seven days a week are taking care of the city, taking care of public safety. The people in Stormwater, the street department, everybody's, it's a team effort. We're all getting together to make sure that anyone that comes down here for vacation is, and they enjoy their time. And anyone that's a full-time resident, we take care of them. Residents always come first in my book, and then we take care of our visitors. Very good. And, uh, you know, the, the city is growing like a weed. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it really is. And, and I'm wondering when we're going to start redrawing some city lines. 
Like maybe make it a square. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. I've been, I've been trying for 30 years. I know. I mean, if anybody knows the complexity of the, the city lines, it, you know, it's somebody that worked in the police department because Panama City Beach, man, th those lines, I mean, I think it, it may have been driven, driven uh, drawn like over a night at the no-name or something. I mean, seriously. Well, it was the hangout. Yeah, or, or hangout something. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. That's, that's got to be funny. what it was. <laughs> that's funny. So let's talk about one of the, the big things that, that that obviously has been on the, the the top of a lot of people's mind, and this is the the outfall project uh, for the stormwater drainage. And, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of calls from people about this, and I know I've watched a lot of people bring up the concerns of, of you know, what it's, what it's going to do to the waters in the Gulf. Um, and, and obviously... Uh, we wouldn't be permitted to do something like this unless there was some sort of an environmental study. Uh, I know that Earl that calls the show all the time. His big question has been the red tide, um, and you know we've we've all seen the reports about what's happened with the uh, the the salt thing or whatever it is down there by Tampa and how that's created problems. How is this going to affect the water uh, as a whole, including issues like red tide? First, I'd want to start off. I know there's a lot of people out there concerned that we're going to destroy our beach. That is the last thing that's going to happen. I love this beach. My family was born and raised on this beach. My father-in-law was one of the first police officers on the beach. We're not going to let anything happen to our beach. That's our gold mine out there. That's why people come here. That's why people live here. That's why we have our visitors. So the thought of us trying to destroy the beach, that just makes no sense to me. Because if we were going to destroy the beach, I'd walk out of this building right now and never work for the city again. Um, the red tide, a lot of people are concerned about that. We are doing studies on that. Right now, the stormwater is already going to the Gulf of Mexico. has been for hundreds of years. Always will. That's mm -hmm. just the natural flow. Up, up that, and if people knew what was being dumped into the bay, you'd stop complaining about this. I'm just saying. I'm going to throw that out there real quickly. <laughs> I heard you say that the other yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, and but I it, nodded. But it's yeah. always flowed down to the Gulf of Mexico. That's just the normal procedure. That's the process of Mother Nature. But this will have a chance to actually treat the water before it goes into the Gulf now, to go into these big basins where we can actually pre-treat it before it hits the Gulf. It's going to be buried under the sand so we don't have the ruts on the, the beach where emergency vehicles can go back and forth east to west. And, and they're ugly-looking ruts, too. They're ugly. The I current mean, ones, yeah. They're ugly. We've lost vehicles in before. We lost ATVs in them. They're ugly. People complain about them all the time. When I was down there on the beach in my four-wheel drive trucks, people was like, what is that? Why is that in here? Why is it stink? It's just Mother Nature doing the thing. We're just trying to make it better. If you look at Myrtle Beach, they've got several of them. They love it. Their water quality got better. As far as the red tide, we're hoping we can treat it before it goes out there and we don't have any issues. And this dead zone that everybody's talking about, we're going to kill the fish, that has nothing to do with the fish. That's the freshwater bacteria that's going to get killed in the salt water. And the pipe going out 1,500 feet, that's actually going to hit before it hits the, the ocean or the Gulf floor because salt water will be in that pipe all the time. So as fresh water's coming out, it's going to be killing it in the pipes before it even gets to the end of the pipes. It's literally one of the best projects Panama City Beach could ever do, Brian. You're looking at me like, wait a minute, that no, was I'm just, like that, that makes was a so lot of simple, sense. yeah. And that's what it is. So I was down at Calypso at one of the outfalls. So what we're doing too is we're taking two outfalls, mm -hmm. the one in front of Calypso and one in front of Low Water, and combining it into one. So two of those nasty-looking, terrible ditches with constantly flowing water, the exact same water, mind you. There's zero pumps, and it's the exact same water that's flowing today. Into the, into the Gulf of Mexico is going to flow, but now be filtered and treated and through a two huge systems um, with, with a filtration in it. So I'm standing down there, and I was doing a video, uh, just an education piece, to let people know how great this project is and so they could really see what was going away and what was happening. Mm -hmm. a, a great couple from Atlanta walked up and said, oh, what, what are y'all doing? You know, we were filming it, and I was like, oh, we're just talking about the new project that's come. We're really excited. Like, oh, so you're going to get rid of the sewage that's draining in right here? 
and it's not really sewage. I'm like, it's not, no, it's not yeah. sewage. And they're like, oh, we always thought it was just kind of weird and everyone looked the other way. I'm like, no, no, ma'am, no, absolutely not. It's just fresh water. It's, it's storm water that's coming in, and here's, here's what's going on. And they were like, oh, my God, this is great. We come down here three times a year. We can't ra- wait to see these things gone. We always thought it was kind of a, a real problem of sewage being drained into the Gulf. It's good to see that it's, it's storm water, but as well that these are going to go away. That these yeah. unsightly hazards are going to leave your beautiful sandy beaches. And that's really what we're trying to do. This is a project that's been dreamed and hoped about for over 30 years. We just never had the funding. We've been very lucky to get the funding, uh, $21 million grant for this project. And if anyone thinks that the state of Florida is going to give you $21 million for a project that's going to hurt tourism, which is yeah. the number one driver for the entire state, not just Panama City Beach. Right. We're going to give you money to hurt tourism. They're just foolish and they're lying to you. And yeah. that's, and that's part of the problem. And some of this, um, words that we're getting right now, is just, it's a small, um, minority of people who are just out there spreading whatever they do, but that's okay. Uh, it gives us a reason to come here, talk to you and tell you how great a project is and tell you about the project. Like yeah. you just heard things and I'm watching Drew tell you, you're just like nodding like, Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, uh, well, you know, oh, it's, wait a minute. it's pretty simple explanations. <laughs> and, and you know, I've got, what is it like five pages here, which includes really three pages of pictures that has a lot of data on it um, that just seems to really be pretty, you know, cut and dry as to what's really going on with it. So I I guess it is on our city's website. We put that out from day one to make sure people had the right information. So anyone can go to that or I have a copy of it. My office is always open. I'll answer questions on this. I wouldn't let a project go on our beach that would harm our city. And again, DEP, Corps of Engineers, FEMA, every uh, every state agency. You can't put a agency. fishing reef out without the EPA going, wait, let me take a look at this first. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we got a bunch of boat captains who are very excited about it. They know it's going to make a, a, a natural reef out there. It's mm-hmm. going to actually enhance some of the fishing that's out there. And it's better for sea life as well for the turtles. You think about the issues that they're having with, with those things. So it is a win in every direction and it's going to help inland. Again, it's not pumping water for some development that isn't on Panama City Beach and it's not helping some certain person. It's Better for the beach as a whole. That's right. it. Something that's been around for a, a pipe dream, <laughs> literally pun intended, yeah. um, for 30 years, and now here we are. We just never had the funding because, obviously, Panama City Beach doesn't have an avalorum tax. We don't have a, a fund of cash sitting around all the time. We we sit in some pretty tough meetings, and as he's laughing, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to get it all to keep going, right, in a mm-hmm. positive way on our 1% business tax receipt. So we are in a very different situation. We've just never had the ability with the funds. And now we do. And that's why we're just, we're super excited about this project because we know how much great it's going to do for our community. That's good. So, you know, another one of the the, the big controversies, I guess, that's been really popping up, and that is uh, the, the city ownership of some of the parks, especially right there in the low water subdivision. You know, what what's what's the answer to this? That one, I, I don't understand what they're pushing for because if you go through the... Uh the development of putting the, the off-off project, mm-hmm. the city does not have to own property on that lake. We're trying to help the people of Low Water Lake. Now, we do have a boat ramp that's on the east side of the lake that the county gave to us back in August of 2015. They dedicated that to us. It's been ours since then, and I don't know how long the county had it before that. Um, so the part of owning a piece of property on the lake to do the outfall project, that makes no sense to me because it's a sovereign lake. If you talk to the people who live on Low Water, they invite you to come out there to go fishing, enjoy the lake. We're trying to make it better for Low Water Lake. So the part about owning property or taking property, that one I don't understand. One other thing that I've heard come up is that, oh, we're taking, we've deemed HUD land and we've done something wrong. Because yeah, that was going to be my next question so was some HUD. The, 
it's super funny to me because a we don't draw um, the federal government HUD map. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Drew and I don't sit down together and figure out where we're going to draw those fancy lines. Right, that's them. And as well, um, state and FEMA all came and toured the exact areas where these outfalls are going and signed off and said, "Yep, this absolutely qualifies." So we, it's gone through every checks and balance through the whole process. As the mayor said, it has gone through all that. And it's also, it's got to be your permanent residence. It can't be commercial property. It can't be your secondary home. And we have a lot of people here on fixed incomes that live in some of those no, old northern, I mean, yeah, the northern neighborhood. But a lot of people think they see those big million-dollar condos there. That doesn't count unless it's their permanent residence. It's that whole region that the federal government checks. Ah, so <laughs> that, that makes a little bit... Simple question. You know, you get a simple answer to clarify. So basically what you're saying is that even though... Uh, Pier Park and Calypso and all that falls into there. Those are not permanent residents. No, they're not. So therefore, the fact that they're there doesn't matter. Um, and, and and the the money is based on the community that's right in there. And we all know it's not exactly high end right in there with the houses where people live. And that's the people that actually is qualifying for it. And some of those people bought their homes back in the 50 and they were passed down from family to family. They're not right. going to get rid of it. If I had one of those, I wouldn't get rid of the house back there either. Uh-uh. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what it matters. It's a permanent residence. So commercial doesn't matter. Uh, Drew okay. said it exactly right. So again, it's it's a simple thing, but it's absolutely again false what you're hearing. Oh, they they've done this or they're doing that. No, we literally took the map they gave yeah. us because of the residential area, the full time residential area, and then they came and toured it. I mean, they drove around mm-hmm. and looked at what's going to happen with this. We sat in the meeting and then they went and took a tour all over Panama City Beach. Said, okay, thanks. That's okay. 100% right. Yeah, because I, I, I got to admit, when I first heard it and, and looked at it, I kind of scratched my head a little bit. And I, even I went, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't, I just kind of questioned it, but it didn't make sense for that. But now I guess, yeah, now that you put it that way. And it makes perfect sense if you don't know, truly. Not yeah. in a bad way. But again, we get so behind the detail that we are like, oh yeah, done, 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 done. We don't, we don't know what people don't know. Yeah, sometimes the perception really truly is people's reality. Right. And, and when you don't know all of these things, and, and I guess sometimes it's, it's hard for government to really, and I hate to use this phrase, but dumb it down um, so that it, it is in the simplest form. We talk about it um, in one of my other companies. It, it, it feels like sometimes you're talking internal language to external people. Right. And we do that all the time in city government. I've learned a lot of their internal language about this and that, but- the masses don't know. I didn't know in a lot of the instances before I got to where I am today. It's been an education process for me because, again, I wasn't, I didn't go to college to be a, a city manager or a mayor or anything like that. It's you, you go and you just learn as you go. And that's the beauty of these jobs is you learn every day. Mm-hmm. And part of it is learned through this process or different processes. But these things are so simplistic that when you, you said to me, hey, do you guys have a desire to to speak. I was like, absolutely. This is phenomenal. We, we, we can't speak about it enough. We're yeah. so excited about it. And there, and honestly, all the, all the things to talk about, all the things that keep coming at us, like um, the red tide or the HUD or the, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's really clean. It's very, very simple. And yeah. I can, I can break it down a little bit further. I mean, my parents lived paycheck to paycheck and they moved here in 1995 after Opal, after my dad retired a few years and he came down here, he bought a house in the low water area, not on the lake, but he paid $50,000 for that back in the day. I mean, Everybody thinks there's million dollar homes back there. There's some nice properties back there that back in the day you could get for forty or fifty thousand dollars. So I know there's a lot of other people that I know that neighborhood that live paycheck to paycheck. And I mm-hmm. think that's why it fits that criteria. Well, hey, the government laid it out. And and, and I figured that it was all uh, you know, the government laid out thing and, and what I have read, you know, it's it's basically, hey, this is this is what it is and, and you guys just followed along with what it is. And and I, I could see the perception, 
you know, that some of the people would have when you roll up and you see, you know, multi-million dollar tower and, and you know, Pier Park yeah. and all this I other totally stuff. I totally get it. I'd say the same yeah. thing. I look at it and it's like, holy smokes, this is not a hood area. But if you go in the neighborhood, some of it is. Okay. So Absolutely. when you take the commercial aspect out of it, which Calypso falls under that. I mean, sure, there may be a handful, maybe, permanent residents in that. There's a few but, there, yeah. But apparently that doesn't doesn't matter when the overhaul and that. Well, that's a pretty simple question. It is. And so I mean, is this information like publicly available or if somebody came to wanted to call your office or your office anytime. or it, it, you, it could be answered? Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 the FAQs on our website, it's on our social media pages on Facebook. And, you know, Debbie's out there putting everything, all the information out there that we can. We've tried to do more. Um, videos of education to show people mm-hmm. um, just really trying to get the word out so people understand truly how good this project is and I, and I mean this sincerely bro I hope we do more right we want to do we would love to do the entire island if we could because they're unsightly they're unsafe right and it is better all the way around and I know uh, I talked to Ms. Brenda the mayor of Myrtle Beach uh, when I got in this job I was obviously a green and didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I picked up the phone and started cold calling other mayors in destination cities to say, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And that's part of how these conversations go. Uh, We've had a councilman who's gone to Myrtle Beach. He Um, he went up there himself. He says, I want to see this project with my own eyes. Did, went, and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They love it. It's it's phenomenal for them. Like, yep. And that's what we want to do for the, we would love to be able to get the funding to be able to do the whole thing. Good. I, I'm glad that this was a, it, fairly easy to get the answers to this, and it wasn't really complex. And, and you guys were pretty forthcoming about this, so I don't understand sometimes the, the controversy. And I guess sometimes this is another example of how uh, if you've got a question about government, uh, don't assume. Ask. Just ask. Just ask. We, uh, I'll t- one thing about Drew is I tell him he does it too much. He's too available all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call Drew. I don't care when you call him. He's going to answer. And I always am like, no, I wanted just wanted to leave you a message so I didn't forget, right? And he's, oh, oh, hey, how are you? No, I don't want that. Keep Go do your thing. And right. we availability is something that's very important to us. And we have people email us. They come to City Hall. They meet with us. And that's good. Mm-hmm. We want to because I'd rather people understand the greatness of a project. Or if they have concerns, we want to hear that. Right. You know, come talk to us. Have a sit down. And we have several meetings coming up with folks who just want to have this exact conversation. And every time I have the conversation with someone, they make the same face you make. I mean, nobody can make that face. No, no, thank God. They made the same face you made of, oh, okay. The nod and the, oh, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, we got to take a quick little break. I I have a few more questions that I want to ask. I want to put you guys in the hot seat uh, for a second, which is going to take a lot because it's... It's four degrees in here. (laughs) I know. Whatever blows out of this, this is not okay. Oh, it's fine. You'll be okay. okay. I mean, if you had a little... Something up there to keep it, but it would be fine. Uh, we're chatting with Mayor Mark Sheldon and uh, Panama City Beach uh, City Manager Drew Whitman. We'll be right back. We got to take a quick break. This is the Brian Rush Show on News Talk at 101. LD. Feeling a little thirsty? Nothing quenches it better than an ice cold bottle of liberal tears from the Brian Rush Show Bottled Water Company. Now, let's get those tears running on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Still hanging out with us, uh, Panama City Beach Mayor Mark Sheldon, along with City Manager Drew Whitman. Thanks, guys, for hanging out a little bit with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and and I'm glad that we're getting uh, some answers uh, regarding some of the the questions that uh, some people have had, especially with this this outfall project, which clearly, uh, you know, is going to benefit Panama City Beach pretty well. Yes, sir. Um, Let's talk about uh, business. How's business doing in Panama City Beach? Business is doing amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, like I said earlier, a lot of people in town, a lot of good people in town. Just city's growing, leaps and bounds. From what I came to 30 years ago to what we are now, there's no stopping Panama City Beach. It's going to be a beautiful city. Are it we going to have an off season? Growing. I don't think we're ever going to see an off season again. No, you look kind of like, I know no, it's I don't like think so. I no, you know, ten years ago, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. You'd pull out on the back beach road and you just drive around. It's almost, yeah. you know, it's almost October. Right now, it's just residents. It's just us. And we pulled out last weekend. She's like, "Oh my god, where where did all these people come from?" I'm like, "It's another weekend and yeah. it's busy." And you know, you look at this weekend. There's a huge softball tournament in town. There's there's constantly things happening. Um, sit on the airport authority, as you know, and. This month's numbers came in again. August numbers. We just had the the meeting the other day. That place is stupid busy. It is. It's the fourth. So five months in a row. April, May, June, July, and August, all beat the past high, which was in July of 2019. Mm-hmm. The airport traffic is tremendously busy. I think we're going to get close to 1.5 million passengers through the airport this year. Think about ten years ago when the airport it. moved. Three hundred thousand people went through. <laughs> The old airport in Panama City, yeah. right? Now we're at 1.5 million passengers and people coming to Panama City Beach. Yep. Just shows you how much the area is expanded, how much it's grown, and how much it will continue to grow. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great projects coming right now. Very excited about some of the things that are happening. Obviously, the healthcare facility that's coming to Panama City mm-hmm. Beach is something that's we be great. can't talk enough about excitedly. Um, that is really moving quickly. And so many other things that will just be extra benefits to Panama City Beach and, and the residents and the tourists that come alike. So really excited about the growth of business. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And when you sit up there and watch the airport, you know, as I do all day long, um, you know, I, there's been times I've thought that Southwest was just doing touch and goes in the pattern right. because they're coming in and out so much. I'm like, good God. The direct flights have picked up so much. The folks we see from, you know, Denver now. Yeah. It's amazing to see everybody coming to Panama City Beach. I did a, an interview yesterday and I told the person, I've said it a million times. You've heard me say it here. During COVID, people found Panama City Beach. Mm-hmm. Now that you know we're we're past some of that, they still realized Panama City Beach is an amazing place. I loved it. The beach was clean. The the sand's perfect. This is luxury, and I'm going to go back. And they just continue to keep doing so. People yeah. have found us. That's for sure. Yep. We need more concerts. Really, you really. Taking a tough shot at me. (laughs) (laughs) Tough shot. Trust me, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Obviously, a tough season for some of that. But, again, in full support of the city ordinances. That's Mm -hmm. what are in place. Right. You know, where we were at the time, 100% support the decision that was made um, by the city manager. And I know it's one of the things. That's got to be tricky. We don't talk about it. Yeah. We We don't talk about it. You can absolutely tell you this. We do not talk about that stuff because it's just... It's not fair to either of us, right. so we just don't. Um, there's other people involved. They talk, and that's where it is. And guess what? You see people every weekend at, at events now. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can get our COVID cases um, back in line or under where they need to be. And that's and that's the challenge is, is that ordinance is written very clearly. If bed counts are a certain way, there's not a lot of things you can do. And right. hopefully, we can continue to see you know less COVID cases. Yeah. we got to get past um, where we are, that's for yeah. sure. And that had to have been a tough call, Drew, because knowing the financial impact, but, you know, hey, um, this was the ordinance, this is the written, and, you know. I'm by the book, and it was the ordinance, but the good thing about being around for so long, a lot of these event organizer, organizers, like uh, Thunder Beach and all them, they mm-hmm. know me, they know I'm honest, and they know I'm going to work with them. So when they come down and sit down, and I told them the resolution, here's where my hands are tied, but I'm going to check it daily, they knew I wasn't lying to them because I don't lie. So that helps knowing I got the pass with these people, and they know I'm going to tell them the truth. And when we can lift it, we lifted it. Good. Excellent. 
he didn't think that 10 years ago, I'll tell you that, when we first came to La <laughs> City Beach, uh, yeah. uh, my partner and I were sitting down with, uh, um, back then it was um, City Manager Gisbert and Chief Whitman and, at the time, and um, the fire chief Steve Daly. was John Daly at the time. We were sitting down in our first kind of like strategy meeting of how are we going to do this? Drew looked across the table and said, me, cold stone, like I was being interrogated, said, you're just here to steal from the people of Panama City Beach. You promoters are the same. I'll, you'll leave here in six months and just take your money and run. I was like, I'm going to bet you that doesn't happen. Ten years later here, we sit in totally different spots. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I guess you weren't. You're, you're really, you really do care about the community. You're going to be here a while. I'm like, yes, sir. That's yeah, and, and uh, you know, the, the concert obviously has grown quite a bit, and it's now postponed till June. What, June? Okay. June, that'll be the new date, um, the weekend after Memorial Day each year, uh, which mm-hmm. is typically the slowest weekend of the summer season for Panama City Beach. So hopefully we can help bring tourism back in a weekend that's a little off because after Memorial Day, everybody comes. It slows comes, down a little bit. It yeah. slows down. That weekend is statistically the slowest weekend. So hopefully we can keep that weekend, build it back up the same way we've built Labor Day up. And that's what's exciting is to find the times that the beach needs a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Then hopefully with 25,000 people, we can help bring that back up. We're really excited about it. We know it's going to be a big show. Um, it's the 10th year anniversary. Really? I know. That face, same thing I make. Yeah. Yeah, it's the 10th <laughs> one, right? And it's like, oh, here we go. But that's what's uh, really great about being part of a community, too, and having the support of the community is mm-hmm. uh, tremendous. And, and of course, we're really excited for it. One another thing that we, we do have to clarify, because I know you, you personally and, and your partners get a lot of crap for this, um, and, and that is the money from the TDC. Sure. And, and this is... This is not a new subject for you and I. We've talked about this every so time. many times. Literally every time. Yeah. I come in, you bring but this up. with the last one, and, and I hate the fact that we have to keep re-talking about this, okay. but you know, I mean, hello. Listen, um, with the last one, you wrote a check. Yes. Yeah. We so th- th- I can see that, that that's the, oh God, that hurt check, but you wrote the check. Um, yeah, you have to. So w- what's the difference now between, uh, because I mean, we've heard the stories, uh, you know, what's the difference between now with you having to write a check and the other instances where you haven't had to write a check? what What's the difference between the two? So for us, um, in the past, we had marketed an event for a whole year and mm-hmm. obviously the funds were used through the whole year, right? right. So therefore, you're, the, there isn't any. And now we were on a short timeline. So we did. We know uh, Gulf Coast Jam is moving forward in June. Um, Sand Jam's postponed till October. So it's another whole year and a half away. It's a, it's a different fiscal cycle. So we just wanted to... Make sure we're being good partners. And, you know, the, the partnership with the city, with the, the TDC, um, is tremendous for us. But at the same time, um, they're not doing things that don't return money to them. Let's let's be real. It's a business for them as well. Right. And they realize the financial impact that they're getting based on the event. You talk about the, the economic impact that comes in. You know, you look at these events and, you know, millions of dollars of economic impact come into a community. Mm-hmm. And that money is well spent and whether you're marketing and you're getting, you know, we were blessed enough to have the governor come last time. And right. the amazing news footage that came to Panama City Beach from that yep. worked out really well for Panama City Beach and the coverage. And whether it's a special on CMT, you know, those aren't things that the TDC or the, or, or the you know, CVB can go, they can't go get that because they don't have a medium. They don't have a reason to get that. Mm-hmm. We're getting national and international exposure through Canada and some of these things. So, we're just really, really thankful. And it's good that Panama City Beach is finally getting the positive exposure. Because we've, well, yeah. Right. That, I live that. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed him for that one. I live that dream. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Um, so another thing I want to, I want to clarify, because I'm in this clarification mode right now. And, and, you know, again, there's lots of rumors and, and lots of talk. 
Um, and and I, I'm going to direct this to you, Drew, because you know, you're know you former law enforcement and nobody better to answer this question than you. Um, there has been the, the, the accusations that there is an FBI investigation going on in the city. And as we know, it was about a, was it a year ago, two years ago it has been now, where there, there actually was some search warrants that were served. What is the truth on that? What was what's going on with that? Or I mean, because I, I've no again search, clarification. No <laughs> That's a very different. No search, no yeah. search warrant. Okay, so it's, it's clarification. So you can see where the rumor is yes. going. Yeah, the investigation is the FBI is doing an investigation. They requested all of our emails and everything else for different contractors. The city's working with them hand in hand. Me being prior law enforcement, I'm going to bend over backwards for the FBI. I know the lead agent that's in charge of it. Great guy. Larry's awesome. So anything he needs, we're going to be there for him for the city. We have nothing to hide. I don't have anything to hide, and I won't lie to law enforcement. So if they need something, we're going to be there for him. So is this something that is actually ongoing now, or was it something that they were doing before? And Because, I mean, again, there, there's so much rumor and I don't want to on. speak about the FBI. Well, obviously, you can't talk yeah. about an ongoing That's investigation. A, I know thing, they but. requested information, and we turned it over to them. I'm sure they're looking into everything. And like I said, Larry's an amazing FBI agent, and if there's something there, he'll find it, and we'll help him any way we can. All right, there you go. So, I mean, just some, some clarity. Some, and, and that, that's why I gave that one to the law enforcement guy. And I love it. And that's nothing that's from something that happened today or yesterday. That's it, Yeah, it's, it's a long time ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. We're here to help. Absolutely. Right. I said that the day, um, the, day this, um, the subpoena came in, I said, we're 100% here to help. If there's something that you want, tell us. Here it is. And our team did a lot of work. There was thousands of pieces of paper that were handed over because there's that many different emails and things uh, of documentation that here, when, when you're doing a, if you're talking about a contractor and they're the person you communicate with every day via email regarding a project, because some of these projects require that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is going on. What's happening here? How, what about that? That's just here. Here you go. It's a lot of pieces of paper. So here it is. Here's every bit of it. All right. Good. Well, at least we got a clarification on that because I, I like a, even me trying to ask you the question, you know, obviously there's a lot of confusion sure. about what it is. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard some things of what it was and, you know, what they were looking for, who they were looking for. And, and, you know, it just doesn't go for uh, what is, I mean, and obviously, you know, you don't want to talk about an ongoing investigation and I totally understand that. Um, but you know, everything that I heard uh, from credible sources was not matching the uncredible sources. Shocking. I know. It's, it's very Maybe shocking. you stop listening to those uncredible sources after a while. Hey, I need entertainment <laughs> in my life. I really <laughs> do. Well, yeah. But uh, Panama City Beach Mayor Mark Sheldon, Panama City Mayor, or, I'm already promoting it's the guy. on his shirt. I know. And, I, and again, I looked at the shirt. Hey, you know what that is? Foreshadowing. You're seeing it coming. You're is that seeing, what it is? You're seeing it coming. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. He can't delete. He's just well, going to drink his good. coffee. Good. It'll be about time we get a good mayor in the town. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Drew Whitman, thank you guys so much for coming on. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to respond to that when he's no, like, I'm oh, I'm not even, I'm not <laughs> yeah, getting in the middle of this. I'm here to serve the public. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep, that, that's the, uh, that's the pre-campaign speech there. I'm, I'm going to be politically on that. I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve the public. I'm here to serve the public. That's it. <laughs> Drew's also public shaking service. his head going, why did I listen to Mark and come into this mess? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> why did I do this to myself? Yeah. But guys, thank you so much for coming in. And of course, uh, both welcome back at, well, more you welcome back anytime, uh, Drew. I mean, you can come in if you want to. I mean, I, I, I do I enjoy Drew, I don't, you're, you don't need me to come anymore. Well, unless, you know, the other requirement that I was hoping for was going to be a special guest. I'm, I'm down for that as well. It just gets weirder. I know it really does. R. Kelly. Uh, we gotta go. What? Come on. That was a funny joke. I don't care who you are. I know the politic guys are not going to respond to that joke, but it was funny. Trust me.
I'll take your word. Okay. <laughs> this is the Brian Rush Show. We are going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to be chatting also with our our um, angel dad. Uh, we're going to be doing that in just a couple moments. Hang on. We'll be right back. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Russ Show is on News Talk at 101. All right. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. So last week we uh, we talked with Gold Star Dad, Chris Hager. We talked about some of the great things that he is uh, doing uh, with America's Future and other great things. And they had their big uh, event kickoff in, in Colorado. And we're going to bring Chris back on to, uh, to get a little update on that. Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much for having me on again. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for everything that you guys are, are doing. Um, and in case people uh, didn't catch the interview that we had before, tell people quickly uh, what it is that you uh, you are involved in and what's going on. I would be delighted to, and, and it's from the heart. A few weeks ago, General Flynn became acquainted with one of the Gold Star, well, one of the moms of the 13 soldiers. And it became apparent that there were just so much anger and frustration about the way the administration was dealing with these families, these now Gold Star families. And this one particular mom from California was going to drive her own truck across the country to go to Congress. Well, we decided we'd put together a bus tour. And we went, we being a team we put together, we've got a film crew we want to make a documentary of this. My family went. We got to know this family in, in L.A. area and see their pain, see their anguish. We began a cross-country trip. We Our first stop was Colorado Springs at a Reawaken America rally. We began a fundraiser, and the purpose is he was never forgotten. We're raising money for these 13 families. And I can tell you, to date, we're over $100,000, 1,700 people have contributed. And we're going to make a difference, not so much in their lives because of the money, though it won't hurt, but because we know there's thousands of people that care about these families. We left Colorado, we made it to Nashville, and last night we had an event in downtown Nashville at the Redneck Riviera. We had singers, we had people from all over and were able to to not only tell the story and, and the problems that these Gold Star families are having, these 13 families are having, but a little bit of the nature of when you lose somebody, it doesn't matter when. My son was killed 14 years ago. It still hurts. But what we're finding is it's really hard to get anybody in Washington, D.C. to pay attention. Yeah. And if I can... There's the, the Marine Corps, the administration, however you want to phrase that word, they're lying to these families about what happened in Afghanistan at the gates at Kabul at the airport. They're not telling them the truth. And I have some, we've come into some proof. It's just unbelievable. The cover-up is immense. And the last part is I've been trying to get a chance to go to D.C. and talk with some of our representatives from Florida, nobody wants to see me. Right? Nobody wants to see me. Really? I can't make an appointment. So 
we're kind of not going to D.C. now. We're going to go make our efforts and um, see if we can't get some publicity. As it happened last night, um, Ms. McElhaney was there. Greg Gutfeld was there. Those people were there. It, it was pretty interesting experience. Well, I'm glad you guys are getting the exposure that you needed and very disappointed to hear that, you know, the, the representatives of here in Florida are not uh, are not want, willing to, to get with you. Have you. Is that also include our, our two senators, Scott and Rubio? Have they also not wanted to speak with you guys or meet with you? I, I didn't reach out to Rubio. I've been in contact with Senator Scott, Matt Gates, Brian Mast. Um, you know, they all said, oh, well, let us see if we can find time. And nobody... The problem with that is you don't ask a Marine to see if he can find time. They're there with their lives. Right. Yeah, that is... They a... don't understand. These guys are... I know they know. It isn't that they know. They... It just breaks my heart. I can't tell you how hard it, how much it hurts that these families just want to be heard. Yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask for. And, and it, it really disappoints me that... Uh that some of these people are, are not getting in touch with you. And of course I know, uh, you know, I, I personally have some relationships with some of these people. And I know that sometimes when you're dealing with uh, their people, uh, their people do have a tendency to, to kind of shadow the people. And, and you know what, if necessary, I will make my personal phone calls uh, to some of these people uh, and see what we can do to help you get uh, in front of them. Uh, because th- as our representatives should be meeting with you. Uh, and, and I think that it is, uh, it's not right. Uh, for them to, quote unquote, try and find some time for you. Uh, that that makes some time. Uh, and, and whatever we can do to help you guys uh, get in front of some of our representatives, you know, trust me, we will do whatever we can. Please do. And, and let me tell you, here's the deal. I can't go into the details, but it was not a suicide bomber that killed our guys. Mm-hmm. And we know that for a fact. Yeah, that is... That is horrible that uh, that that our government would lie, especially to a Gold Star family. Uh, you know, that, that is, I, I want to say that that is unconscionable, but, you know, it's one of these things that it doesn't surprise me, especially with this administration um, and, and, and with others that have just not wanted to really address our military. I mean, you guys, uh, you had the ultimate sacrifice. Your sons and daughters uh, have gone to the country voluntarily uh, to protect our freedoms and to protect other people around the world. Uh, I think that the least thing that uh, that they should get is at least the respect uh, of their families being heard. Uh, and whatever we got to do uh, to get you in front of, whether it be Senator Scott or Rubio or even our congressman or Matt Gates or whoever it might be, uh, we'll do whatever we can to, to get you in front of them. Thank you. Absolutely. Let me add, um, if people want to make a contribution, they don't want to ask them, hey, $13. You can go to freedomsvoiceinc.com. You can go to americasfuture.net, and there's a one button. There's no expenses being taken out of this. This is going to go to these families. Um, and again, it's more if we could get 2,000, 3,000 people to recognize the, the pain and, the, and the, the grief that's going to be borne by 13 families that didn't need to be there. They, this, this did not have to happen. You're absolutely right. It did not. And, and I think that it, it should be a pretty reasonable goal to get 2,000, if not more, 
to help recognize, recognize and you, you guys deserve it. Uh, and like I said, we'll do everything that we can to help get you in front of uh, some of the representatives too so that they hear you uh, because they need to hear you. They need to hear from the families. Uh, you know, it is, it is a respect thing and they need to do it. No questions asked about that. But uh, you guys are also going to be uh, coming to Florida, too, with your tour. Is that correct? I'm sorry to say that again. Are you, uh, you guys still coming to Florida with your tour as well? Yep. Um, we're actually changing this course a little bit, but we're going to be – the bus is going to be home-based in Sarasota, and there's going to be um, a number of new dates put forward that I will have published. Um, right now, we're going to go home and, and regroup. Absolutely. We hope to get to D.C. Like I said, I couldn't get a commitment for a meeting. There's no way with the fences around the Capitol that somebody like me can just go hang out. Well, we're going to do everything we can, Chris, to, to help you out with that. And, uh, you know, best of luck with everything. And, of course, you've got our, our contact with my producer. Please make sure you uh, you get us some updates, and we'll have you back on on this. And we're going to do what we can do to help get yep. you in front of some of these representatives. God bless you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And you have a fantastic afternoon. And uh, thank you again for everything that you guys have done. And we'll, we'll talk with you guys soon. Uh, that is it for us. We got to go. Brian Kilmeade is next. I will talk to you most likely coming up on Monday. We'll see you then. Springfield. Serving Parker, Panama City Beach, and Northwest Florida. This is News Talk at 101, Panama City's information station.